Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning a beautiful Chassidic discourse in the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Vayigash Elov Yehuda. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Shabbos Parshas Vayigash. That year was the seventh day of the month of Teves. In the year Tafshin Chavhei, 59 years ago. The Rebbe went on to certify and edit this Chassidic discourse in honor of Hey Teves, the fifth day of Teves in the year Tafshin Nun Aleph, 33 years ago. <coughs> so again, the Chassidic discourse is based on the opening verse of this week's Torah portion where it says, Vayigash Elov Yehuda. That Yehuda confronted Yosef HaTzadik. In the Aftorah of this week's Torah portion, Apash Vayigash, it says you should take a, 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 a stick and you should write on it Yehuda, you take another one, you shred it on, on Yosef, and you should bring the two staffs together, and they're going to be unified. That's what it says in the Aftorah of Parshat Vayigash. So Rabbi says, seemingly we have to understand, the Aftorah of the Torah portion of Vayigash is basically saying is that they're unifying Yehuda and Yosef. One stick Yehuda, one stick Yosef, and Yosef is bring, brought together. However, if you look specifically when Yehuda confronts Yosef in the Torah portion of Ayigash, what does it come out? Yosef's on a higher level, and Yehuda is approaching Yosef Atzadik. As we know, Yosef was the king over all, 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 all uh, in Egypt, over all the brothers, and including Yehuda as well. And on the Aftorah, it says, on the contrary, the Avdi David, my servant King David, who comes from a dynasty of Yehuda, is going to be a king over them. And that's explained in Torah Ur, which is a classical Hasidic discourses in the altar on the Parsha, that Yosef had on a spiritual level, Yosef is the sphere of Yisoid, of Zav, the Zerap in the small face of the six Midot, and Yehuda is Malchus, Yosef is Zav, um, uh, Yisoid of Zav, and Yehuda is Malchus. And therefore, because Yosef is a higher sphere, Yisoid, and Yehuda is a lower one, Malchus, so therefore now, actually, yeah, Yehoshif is higher than Yehuda. Why? Because the way things go in Seder Hishlash, the way things flow down, Zah, Zerampim, Yisoyed is higher than Malchus. And not only that, Zah, Yisoyed gives energy into Malchus. And that's actually why it says, Vayigash Elab Yehuda. That Yehuda went to Yosef and he said, Vayoyimer be Adoni, please my master. And as what does it mean, please my master? That Yehuda is begging Yosef. That in Yehuda, which represents the idea of Malchus, Yosef Atzadik Zah, that Yisoy should go ahead and give energy into it. That is the way it's today. However, in the future, Mashiach comes, and over there, we're gonna, what's going to get revealed is the source of Malchus. So even though in this world, Malchus is lower, but when Mashiach comes, the source is going to be revealed. And the source of Malchus is higher than the source of Zah. And that's why Mashiach comes, what's going to happen? That is, King David's going to be the king. Now, but nevertheless, since in the verse <coughs> of where, in the, in the prophet where it says, King David is going to be the king, is in the Aftorah of Parshish Vayigash. So obviously, even though Vayigash Yehuda is telling us that what Yosef is higher and Yehuda is coming to Yosef, you obviously have in there as well the quality and the superiority that Yehuda has over Yosef. But however, where is it revealed? In the fact that Yehuda comes to Yosef. 
In other words, and specifically, Yosef is higher. However, in the Torah, um, <coughs> what, what gets revealed is the idea that Yehuda is obviously much greater than Yosef, and, Yosef, and, and Yosef's on, on a lower level. Shabbat says he'd like to connect this. What it's explained in the Hasidic discourse in the Tzadmach Tzadak, the third Chabad Rebbe, and he says like this, if you look at the words, Vayigash Elav Yehuda, the opening of this week's Torah portion, when it speaks that Yehuda confronting Yosef, so if you take the last letter of these three words, Vayigash, the last letter of the Shin, Elav is a, 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 a Vav, and Yehuda is a hey. So you take the last three letters from these three words, you have the, the letters of Shin, Vav, hey, which actually presents a word of Shava. What does Shava mean? They're all equal. So the Tzamach Tzadik says, if you take the last three letters of Ayyigah Shail of Yehuda, you have equal. What does that mean? That they're both equal. <coughs> Yehuda and Yosef are equal. Because this, the Yehuda, comes to Yosef. In other words, Malchus, which is represented by Yehuda, and Zah, the small face, the Yisoyed, represented by Yosef, because the tr- truth is they're both equal. In this world, yeah, Yehuda is lower, Yosef is higher, but since it said that they're equal, because the truth they're both equal, so the Tzadik explains. And he explains that what does it mean that they're equal? And he explains it based on what he says in the Kutatari from the Alter Rebbe. When he explains the verse that it says, Hashem that we're here to do what is right in the eyes of Hashem. Now, what is Yosher? What is the right thing to do? So he explains. That's the union of the, 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 uh, the, the uh, union of the two ideas of the union of Das Elyon and Das Tachton. In other words, and uh, the Das Elyon means a view from above. Das Tachton means a view from above, from below. Or Yechudei Elah, a high level of union. And Yechudei a lower level union. That the ultimate goal is that the view from above and the view from below, Das Elyon and Das Tachton, they're both equal. And those lashes hayashar, that means it should both be smooth, they should both be equal, and that's the same idea of Shava. And what does that mean practically? That Yosef and Yehuda, the way they are on their own, so Yosef is Yosef Atzadik, because Yisoyed, and Yehuda is Malchus, so it's two, they're totally opposites. And as by Yosef, it's all about the small face, Yisoyed. It means that it's Malmaila Lamata, means Yosef is the one on top, giving down to Yehuda. So that's the perspective of Das Elyon. The perspective of Das Elyon is that we are yes, we exist, and anything lower is nothing. On the on the contrary, what's Yehuda's perspective, which is Malchus, which goes Milmatilamaya, since he's the king going from below and high. So his perspective is Das Tachtain, that the physical reality is real. And whatever is spiritual, that's like really nothing. And, the, and so what what does it mean by Yigash Elav Yehuda? Is basically to unify the perspective of Das Elyon, where that's real, and the perspective of Das Tachtan, that's real, and ultimately they're all the same thing. And that's why that's why it says in the Talmud, when it says by Yiga Sheil of Yehuda, that Yehuda came to Yosef. So what does a Yigash mean? It's an expression of shalom, peace. In other words, what's the idea of peace? The creating a unity between the view from above and the view from below, and it's really we're all, all one. And like, for example, like it says in the prophets that the 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 the, uh, the tribe of Yehuda and the tribes of the Jewish people are going to come together and they're going to have one head, one one leader. 
In other words, because now what's the spiritual avoid of Yehuda is what's real is down here, which is basically called in Kabbalah Das Tachtain. And what's the avoidah of the Jewish people, which be referring to the ten tribes, which are connected to Yosef Atzadik? Their perspective is no lamata. What's on high is real. Lamata is nothing, which is called Das Elyon. However, when Mashiach comes, you're going to have the unification of the two, where basically it's all going to be one. Das Elyon, Das Tachtain, it's all equal. So from here we understand that when Yehuda approached Yosef there's two things that take place. On a revealed level, Yehuda's coming to Yosef. Why? Because Yosef is, is Zah. Yosef is Yosoid of Zah. And basically, he is the one that is the Mashviya. He's the one that is giving the energy. And Yehuda is coming to receive. Malchus is coming to, to receive. And that's how Yehuda came to Yosef and said, Be Adoini, please, my master. Please, I need Yosef Atzadik to, 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 to give me some energy. Because that's the way it's down here. But then there's a deeper idea. When Yehuda comes to Yosef, which basically is 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 hidden in the last three letters of Ayigashel of Yehuda, which basically is ultimately creating the, the the connection and the oneness of Yosef, which is Zah Das Elyon, the six midos Yisoy, which is the view from above, and Yehuda, which is Malchus, the view from below. That way, it's going to be like in, in the future that Malchus, even though in this world where it's right now it's lower, but Malchus and Zah, it's all going to be the same thing. So based on this Rebbe explains, you can say this is what it says by Yigash Yehuda, it's also referring to the elevation of Malchus to screen in the future. It knows that Malchus is actually higher than Zah. Like the expression is, Eishas Chayil Ateres Baila. Eventually when Mashiach comes, the wife will be the crown on her husband. And it knows, and higher than the, the fact that they're both equal. So what the Rebbe is saying is, of a Yigashel of Yehuda, there's two ways to look at it. One is a simple pshat is, the Yosef is higher, Yehuda is coming to Yosef. But the second one is though they're both equal. Like the way screen, like Mashiach comes, and even deeper, possibly Yehuda is going to be higher than Yosef. And the Rebbe said, you could say, and this is what it says in the Zohar, that you, this that Yehuda confronts Yosef, is, is connected to the idea of bringing, uh, when we, we pray, so right before we say the Shemones, we talk about the redemption, and then we have prayer. So it's called smichas geula latfila. When you say the last few lines, right before the Shemones, you're not supposed to talk. You want to go straight from redemption right into prayer. Now, so the Zoyer says, this idea of redemption and prayer is connected to Yehuda and Yosef. Why? Because redemption is connected to the, to, to the, the sphere of Yisoid, which is Yosef HaTzadik, and prayer, which is total humility, is connected to Malchus, which is Yehuda. So in other words, Smichas Gula Latfila means to bring in Yosef, which is, which is Yisoid, and which is, which is redemption, to Tfila, which is connected to what? The idea of Malchus and Yehuda. Now, Seemingly, from the simple language of what we just learned is, what does it mean, smichas gulut It doesn't say you're bringing prayer to redemption. That would be Yehuda coming to Yosef. But in other words, that, that prayer is standing where it is, referring to Yosef Atzadik, and Yehud, and, and Yosef, so to speak, is coming to Yehuda. So what does it come out? What's the main thing? The main thing is Yehuda, which basically is Malchus. Now, but this that the Zoya says, that, that when, that Yehuda is coming to Yosef, is bringing Gulu to Fila, obviously what does it seem? That even when Yehuda is coming to Yosef, you have in a concealed way the quality of <coughs> Yehuda over Yosef. <coughs> in other words, 
So you basically, so so you have you, you have on one hand Yosef is coming to Yehuda, but you also have the quality of Yehuda over, over Yosef. And Rebbe is going to explain it as follows. And Rebbe says you're going to, we're going to stand with an introduction what the, what the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Rebbe explains in in in, in the Hasidic discourse with this title, and he says like this: This that Yehuda had Yehuda came and said when he came to Yosef Atzadik, he says, "Be Adoni, please, my master." He says, "What do you mean?" What do you mean, please, I'm asking? He should come along and say, I want to speak to you. You I want to talk. What's this, please, my master? So he says that's uh, similar to where before we actually start Shmon Esther, as soon as we finish uh, 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 Gal Yisrael, redemption, what's the before we actually say to Shmon Esther? What do we say? We say, Hashem, Svasai Tiftach, Hashem, Hashem, open my, my, my mouth. Before, open my list, before we actually start praying. So seemingly we know you have to go straight from redemption to prayer. But here it's not intermission, like the Talmud says clearly. Why? Because since the Chachamim told us to say, so it's like one one long prayer. Now, so what what is it, what does this mean when we're saying Hashem open up my, my, my lips, my mouth? So the Targum explains when we say Hashem Svasai Tiftach, what does it mean? That means Hashem, we're asking Hashem to open up our, our mouth, our lips in Torah. And it's explained in many Hasidic discourses that explain the difference between Torah, learning Torah and prayer, and also in that Hasidic discourse, that the request in that verse is that we're starting to pray, we're starting to pray, and like it says, the Tefillah is, my mouth to say your praises. It should be just like Torah. Hashem should open up my mouth and my lips just like in Torah. And what does that mean? If we're going to pray, why is it starting about, why, why, why are we asking Hashem to be like Torah? And he explains like this. Because that's like when it comes to learning Torah. When you learn Torah, what is Torah? Torah is divine Hashem, it's the word of Hashem. In other words, it's the words that God puts in our mouth. When you're learning Torah and you stand from one, you're asking, whose Torah is it? It's Hashem's Torah. So whatever you're saying, you're saying what Hashem tells you to say. And we're just almost like answering and repeating what Hashem is telling us. So the same thing also, that we want that our prayer should be in a way that the prayers we ask, we should be repeating what Hashem is telling us to pray. In other words, that the prayers that we have, it should draw in the, the prayer of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's a powerful idea. So what he's saying is like this, that even though we go from redemption, we're going into prayer, and prayer is all about I'm praying, I have needs, or whatever prayers I have, but we start with Hashem Svasi Tiftach. In other words, just like in Torah, I'm saying the words of Hashem, the same thing also in prayer, I should be saying the prayers from Hashem. Now, it's explained in those specific discourses that Torah, learning Torah and prayer is compared to the idea, Kabbalistic idea, and I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate it, Lamaila Maila Adin Ketzach means on high, very, very high, which we learned uh, in the Chesedic Discourse of Yitzvat. And then it's also Lamata Mata Adin Tachla. So on one hand, Torah is learning Torah, Tfilah is prayer. So it's similar. So on one hand, we know that God is all the way in the highest level, but then again, He comes down to the slowest levels. What does that mean? When you learn Torah, so as we said before, what happens when you're learning Torah? You're saying the word, you're learning Torah is Hashem. So when a person is learning Torah, you're actually bringing in godly energy into this world. <clears throat> Up to the point, where do you bring it in? You bring it down to the lowest places. That's Torah. So Torah is again, we're bringing 
the godly energy, milmaila, lamata, until the lowest places. Prayer, on the other hand, that's already milmata, lamaila. In other words, we're, we're elevating the physical world and we're going elevating it to where? To the highest places. So Torah is bringing down the light into this world and prayer is elevating the world. Now, based on what it's known, that this idea that the infinite part of Hashem comes down to the lowest places, well, that's the source of Torah, it brings down godliness into the lowest places. What does that mean? It's spreading out godliness, it's revealing godliness into the lowest places. In other words, God is being spread out and being revealed, the mata mata adin tachlis, wherever it may be. Wherever you're at, you learn Torah, you're bringing godliness down to the lowest places. On the other hand, just that we say that God, so to speak, is on the highest places, that's the way it gets elevated. And up to the essence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, in other words, so if the elevation happens through prayer, so obviously prayer is much more higher than Torah, because Torah brings godliness into the world, to so the lowest places. Prayer, on the other hand, brings up, elevates the world, even to the essence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So what's the request? Hashem We're asking Hashem to open my mouth and, uh, 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 and my, word, my, my, my mouth should say your praise. In other words, so that in the prayer, which prayer we said is you're elevating the world, we should also have the quality of in Torah. So in other words, Torah has one component that brings godliness down to the world. Prayer elevates the world. And even though from a certain perspective, elevating the world is much higher, but we also want to have the quality of bringing godliness down to the world. We want both. It's two different things. Now, what's the idea behind it? Because when a person prays, so the person is beseeching God and praying to God. And when the, 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 the energy that's being drawn through prayer, and it's when Hashem fulfills your request, why is Hashem fulfill your request? Because you spent time meditating, praying, pouring out your heart and soul, and like the expressions of Masi If you basically, when you put the effort, Hashem gives you what you want. Prayer is very powerful. You brings godliness. You elevate the world by what? By doing your work. And there was, you could say that one of the reason, one one of the reasons. Well, when it comes to, to the height of the of the prayer services of the Shemona Esrei, so by different parts, you can stand, you can sit, different rules. When it comes to Shemona you have to stand. How do you stand? You stand like literally like a servant is standing in front of his teacher, his master, with awe and trepidation. Why is that? Because this, that, us down here, pray, and we awaken the will of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, that God should fulfill our, our request. Why is that? Because when we're praying, there's a key ingredient that, uh, that sort of speak, clicks in the prayer, that hits, hits the button where some gets, uh, it gets, gets touched and says, oh, let me answer this person's prayer. Because when you're praying and you're standing in prayer, you have the quality of, and I'll say the word, two words, bitl hayesh. You're able to nullify your, your egotistical self. So it's a key component in prayer, besides the words you say, the thought, etc. It's about nullifying your ego, egotistical self. Now, so therefore, the greater the humili humility and the nullification of self in prayer is, that's how great and how deep you're going to awaken in God that He should fulfill your request. You walk him on a shopping list, it's very nice. But when you break your ego, and you become hum humble, you touch God, and you say, oh, give the person what he wants. And that's why prayer is all about your 
elevating the physical world. Why? Because literally you're, you're, you're nullifying your ego, which is the most materialistic, physical, down thing that exists in the world. And the, the, the request of prayer is all about nullification. Like almost like a servant is standing in front of, in front of his master. And as what does that mean? You, you become nullified. You, you don't exist. That's called milmata lamayla. You're taking mata means doesn't mean physically. It means it means it's, it's coarse. You're taking the coarse egotistical self and you're nullifying it. So that's the avoid of tefillah. The avoid of prayer is working and transforming and eradicating the ego, of the self. Torah, on the on the other hand, what's Torah? Torah is the word of Hashem. In other words, even before you learn Torah, the word of Hashem is out there. When a person learns Torah, is that the Torah and the infinite light of Hashem comes down into the person. But it exists first. All you did is draw it down into you. Now, take it a step deeper, that even when you draw down the Torah and the infinite light of Hashem, which basically comes into the person by through learning Torah, so you don't have to nullify your intellect. On the contrary, you want to learn the Torah, you want to understand the Torah, the way you are. And as you're bringing down the Torah, so to speak, the way you are, you're bringing the light of Torah into you. So therefore you can say, just like when it comes to learning Torah, in other words, you're drawing down the godly light into you, actually yourself, and actually into your egotistical self. In other words, so godliness of Torah comes into the lowest places, the intellectual, the emotional understanding of the egotistical self. And the godly Torah comes down, the intellect of Hashem, the will of Hashem, comes down into the intellect and the egotistical self of the human being. So that's on one, one extreme. That literally, where does godly Torah come into? Literally, the, the most egotistical part of the physical world. The same thing also when it comes to prayer. That when a person prays and you nullify your egotistical self, you reach literally the highest levels, not because so much that the that you're transforming yourself, but the fact is you're able to reach literally the highest places. So in Torah, you're bringing down godliness to the lowest places, the egotistical self. The tefillah is transforming yourself, and you actually go to the highest places. Now, and this one, when you when a person prays, we have the power to awaken, and I'll say it in Hebrew, a ratzon chadash. A brand new will to fulfill your request. Even that possibly based on intellectual opinions of Torah, you, you don't deserve that request. Why is that? Because when a person prays, you literally elevate the, the godly light on high. And as you're going to a place which is above nature, and even above Torah, up to the point through prayer, you reach the highest places. And when you reach that place, you're able to draw down a rotson chadosh, a brand new will to fulfill your request. Now, but nevertheless, as powerful as Torah is, you reach the rotson chadosh, but there is a, a, a benefit when you draw down through Torah compared to when you draw down through prayer. Why is that? Because when you draw something down through prayer, what, co what, what causes us to reach that place? Our spiritual work of prayer. So therefore, what you're drawing down, even though it's from a high place, it's only something which, which pertains to the world. You're fulfilling your request, your materialistic request. 
Obviously, the source is coming from a very high place. Well, where's it coming down to your request? On the other hand, when you draw down Torah, which means you're drawing down from the highest place on its own, and it's not to tell you awaken, it's a gift that God is giving us, so you're literally drawing down elikus, godliness. Because even after Torah comes down, it comes into our physical intellect, what is it? It's the intellect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is higher than our intellect. Now, now we can go to, and step deeper. He said like this, more specific. We're going to stand this base with the, with the Tzemach Tzedek. The third Chabad Rebbe explains in a Chesedek discourse, uh, titled L'Havinet to understand this idea, and he says like this, Chazal tell us that Oyerein Saif, the infinite part of Hashem, is on the Maila, the Maila, and Kessis on the highest level, and it goes down to the low, lowest level. Matter of fact, Rebbe says this actually Chesedek discourse, which he's referencing, referencing, that has this that has this idea, was many many years in captivity, and recently came out from captivity. Obviously, recently when the Rebbe said this Chesedek discourse in Tavshin Chafei, and to point out that in this Chesedek discourse, which he's referencing to, there's many Kabbalistic ideas which are not in other Chesedic, uh, uh, classical Chesedek discourses. So he explains based on the verse. Um, that says like this, we should educate the child uh, based on his understanding, and even when he gets older, it's not going to leave him. That's the verse. So what does he explain the verse? Seemingly, when a person gets older, you don't want to be the same level you were younger, you want to grow in life. So what are you telling me? that We should educate the child that when he gets older, he's not going to veer off. Is that what you want? You want you want a, a child, an adult, to be on the same level? It's not about growing in life. See, so, so the Tzermak Tzadik explains powerful, and he said like this, that when it comes to intellectual comprehension, there's a, there's a big difference between intellect of what, where you can comprehend things as a child and the way you comprehend things as an adult. That's the way it's, it's on, on the physical world in, in, a, in, a, in a finite human beings. However, when it comes to Torah, Godly Torah, which is a godly Torah, the difference between when someone's young and someone's old, it's it's based on your comprehension of what you're learning. But the Torah that, for example, let's say you learn a pasuk chumash, and a child learns the pasuk chumash, and an adult learns the pasuk chumash, it's the same chumash. The difference is a youngster will understand this level, and someone that spent more time learning and meditating, etc., will understand it deeper. But the Torah itself, which is basically the intellect of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is beyond our comprehension, there is no difference whether a child's learning it or an adult's learning it. And therefore, what, they, what, what the Tzermach Tzadik is saying is that even when you get older, you shouldn't veer off from the way you learned it as a child, because it's the same Torah. If you learn the Torah, like, you can learn it deeper, but if you learn it differently, then, then you're missing something. Just when you learned it when you were young, it was pure, this is what it says. So when you get older, this is what it says. You want to go deeper, but don't all of a sudden hand God for a new Torah. And he continues on to say, uh, the, the, based on the verse, it says, Nar hayisi, I was a child. Gamza Kante, I became older. So he says, Nar is referring to Matat of Yitzira, which is referring to the angels that learn in the world of Yitzira. 
Um, <coughs> you know, so you have the four worlds, Atzilut, Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya, the angels of, of, of Yitzira, and Gamza Kanti means when I get older is when you elevate to the level of Atzilus, which means that the intellect of the Torah, of Atzilus, obviously is much higher than, than the Chachma of, of the Torah in, in Yitzira. But nevertheless, even though it's higher, it means even when you get, we get older, and you elevate to the level of Atzilus, you don't want to, God forbid, say, veer off from the way you learned it in the world of Yitzira. Why? Because the essence of Torah is the pleasure of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, the, the, which is the, God's essence. Like it says we, um, in the prophets that uh, should be by God, Shashrim, knows Etzlai, referring to God himself, which is even higher than the, the intellect of Hashem, um, which is the Chachma Vatzilah. So in other words, in reference to this component of Torah, which is the main part of Torah, Hashem's Torah, there's no difference when you comprehend it in the world of Yitzirah, and the way a human comprehends it, and the way you comprehend it in the world of Atzillus. So what Rebbe is saying is a very powerful idea. When it comes to our intellect, we understand things uh, when younger one way, and when we're older a different way. But when it comes to the Torah that you're learning, it's the same Torah, Torah doesn't change. The way you learned it, you're younger, older, in the world of Yitzirah, in the world of Atzillus, it's all the same Torah. So based on this, we'll understand the deeper that when you're drawing in Torah into the world versus elevating the world through, through prayer. In other, in other words, <clears throat> when a person goes ahead and prays, so you're transforming the world and then you draw in godliness into the world. So what's happening is you're not drawing in godliness uh, 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 in self to the world and you're actually making a change in the world through prayer. Like, for example, before and you weren't going to get this gift, and through prayer you made a change, God's giving it to you. However, when it comes to the Torah, which you're drawing in godliness, so it didn't change. In other words, prayer changes things. Why? Because till now you didn't have it, now you have it, you transform the world. You can learn Torah as much as you're going to learn Torah, you're going to bring godly energy into the world, the Torah is not changing, it's the same Torah. Not only that, a step further, it says, that the godliness in the Torah that comes down to the world and actually comes into our, our egotistical intellect, it's, it still stays above our intellect. And therefore, the comprehension that we comprehend things and the way it's understood in the world of Atzillus, it's the same thing reference to Torah. Because Torah is so godly and so pure that it doesn't make a difference what level it's in. So based on Torah says... That just like there was a powerful advantage in learning Torah and the energy that's drawn through Torah compared to prayer <clears throat> in reference to the way it comes down to this world, which means that godliness itself comes into the world. The same thing also applies to the when you, when a person prays that it has an advantage over over learning Torah. Why is that? Besides the point. That when a person prays, we said you can reach a level of above nature, which basically is the quality of, of prayer. Um, and, that, and, and then it comes down it, it, through the fact that you're transforming yourself. And then you actually make a change in the world. Like literally, if somebody got from was sick and you pray, the person will be healed. Or for example, if you, you're, you're, you have a field and you need God to bless you, you should be, that you should, be, that should uh, give forth its produce. Or modern times, you should be successful in business. Prayer will work. And to add, this idea that prayer can change 
the physicality of the world, again, if someone's sick, if you want to be successful in business, whatever issue you're going through, prayer will change the reality. And Rebbe says, and this is something powerful, Rebbe says, it works in any type of prayer. Prayer does change things. And what I mean, in, 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 every, in every area, every type of prayer, why? Rebbe explains like this. And that's because of the discourse of the Tzemach Tzedek. The Tzemach explains like this. That in the Talmud it says that in reference to communal prayer, that means you have a million of people, ten people or more, so it says, Hain kale kabre loyimas. God does not turn away from communal prayer. Which means, anytime there's a minyan that prays, Hashem accepts the prayer. Automatic, automatic acceptance. What does that mean? <clears throat> that when Hashem accepts the prayer, he fulfills the wish of the community and it comes out in a revealed way. In other words, even when someone prays privately, Hashem fulfills your prayer. Anytime, this is powerful stuff, very, very important, very powerful reference to prayer. Anytime you pray, even yourself, you sit down, you take a Tehillim, or you're praying Shachrit, or Mincha, Mayer, any type of prayer, you pray, Hashem fulfills your request. And how do we see that? As we see that the Anshe Knesset Agdoilo, the rabbis established, to pray three times every, every single day. Now, when you're praying three times a day, you're making a lot of blessings. And we know, the Rebbe says, the rabbis wouldn't tell you to make a blessing in vain. I mean, if God's not going to answer your prayer, why are you praying? Obviously, if you're making a prayer, you're saying a prayer, whether it's for success, whether it's for health, whether it's for forgiveness, whatever it may be, and you're making, you're saying God's name. You're not saying God's name is in vain. So if you made a prayer and you said God's name, God forgives you or God gives you what you need. However, when a person prays as an individual, so it's possible that the flow which means the fulfillment of the request is going to exist on a concealed level. However, when it comes to communal prayer, the answer is always revealed. So in other words, all prayers are answered. Personal prayers are answered sometimes in a concealed state, sometimes in a revealed state. Communal prayers is always answered in a revealed way. And to bring out, Rebbe says, that in many Hasidic discourses, it's explained that personal a per, personal prayer. It's very possible the 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 the, pre, the that the the request stays on high. It doesn't come down here. But however, in that Hasidic discourse of the Tzemach Tzedek, he explains that the 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 response and the flow of even a personal prayer always comes down to this world. The only difference is it's concealed, which is a big difference. In the other Hasidic discourse, it says you pray personally. Okay. God answered, but it never came down here. Don't someone say, no, everything comes down here. It's here. Your answer is here, and it's a good answer. The problem is it's concealed. It's not revealed. And there's, what does that mean? You can say, what, what, when you're praying, what are you asking? You're asking that the, the answer should come down materialistically and physically in this world. Like if someone's sick, they should become well. Or, for example, you need success and financial success, you should become successful. So, therefore... Even when they give you that blessing and it comes down in this world that you asked for, but the problem is, if it's not, if, it, if the answer doesn't come down to this world, then it's a, that's a prayer in vain. So therefore, every prayer, even a personal prayer, the answer comes down, but the problem is again, it's in a concealed state. So he continues on the discourse to, to explain, why is it you make a prayer, 
whether it's Rosh be healed, success, whatever it may be. Why is it the prayer stays in a concealed way? Why isn't it revealed? If it comes down here, why doesn't you reveal it? So he explains because there's many, many, there's many, many uh, screens or blockages that block the, the blessing to come out. There's things that are in the way. In other words, this that the, the gift, the blessing is there, but it's concealed. It's not because of the type of blessing that comes down. That the blessing is a concealed blessing. There's nothing wrong with the blessing. The blessing is a revealed blessing. However, the, re the blessing is concealed because there are obstacles that are blocking it. So it's, it's like behind a maze. The blessing's there, and it's con unfortunately it's concealed, it has to be revealed. And like, the, and the driver gives a practical example. Let's say you go ahead and you want to give someone a gift. So you can give them the gift. Or you can take the gift, put it in a box, lock the box, and give the person the gift. In both cases, the person has the gift. You gave it to him. In one case, he physically has it. And the other case, he has it, but it's in a box that he can't access. So the, the gift is complete. But because it's a box that's covering it, and it's blocking it, you can't reveal it. And he continues on to explain that in the discourse, that all the flows of energy that come through all the prayers, not only is it complete in a concealed state, but eventually, this is very important, eventually they all get revealed. All prayers eventually get answered, they become revealed. You need a lot of patience. In other words, how do you get it? How do you actually get, if the Temach Tzedek is saying that every prayer comes down, unfortunately sometimes it's concealed, you have to reveal it. How do you get the key to open the box that the blessing should be revealed? And he says like this. And I'll say it in Hebrew, I think it's a very, very powerful point. And he says, this is kol Yisrael b'tshuva shlema v'yivatlu kol hamaskin. When all when the people, the Jewish people, awaken to return to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, all the boxes, all the obstacles, all the mazes totally go away, and then what will happen is all the blessings will be revealed of all the prayers of all the generations. Powerful stuff. So, in other words, all the prayers from all the generations are all there. They're just concealed. When you return to Hakadosh Baruch Hu with Shuva. Everything goes out of the way, and the blessings just pour, pour in. Now, service says one second, we have to understand. <clears throat> when a person prays, so what happens? You bring in the light from a very, very high level, and it actually changes the physical world. People get healed, people become successful. Now, what's the reason why it works? It works, we learned before, in, in words of Kabbalah is by elevating man, which means the lower waters through prayer. It's through our doing our spiritual work and through Bittal. Now, what does it mean elevating man, the lower waters? Mayim Nukvin. In other words, it happens when you're praying with Kavanah, with intention, with Bittal and with humility. Now, <clears throat> so, but on the other hand, he says, one second. In that Hasidic discourse, he says, any prayer effects change. The only problem is it's in a concealed state. It doesn't say anything about intention and, and, and humility. So he explains like this. When a Jew prays to God, even if you don't have kavanah, so the fact is when you're praying and you don't have, let's say, a physical or apparent intention, the fact is the internal part of the Jew, you're standing in front of God. But you're standing there in a concealed way. You're standing there, but you're not revealing. You're not. It's not revealed that you're standing in front of God. 
Therefore, every prayer of every Jew is in the level of elevating the lower waters, which awakens and brings in the light which is above nature, and it actually changes things. Now, however, <clears throat> unfortunately when it comes down, fulfilling the quest, it, it stays in a concealed state. However, when a person prays, and here's another key point, when you pray and you're praying with the proper intention and with the proper bitul, with the proper acceptance, and it's in a revealed way, when you're standing and praying in a revealed way, and you're praying with proper intention, then the, 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 the honoring the request becomes in a revealed way as well. So we learn two powerful points of prayer. One is that when you return to Hashem, Everything that's concealed gets revealed, and not only from you, but from, from future generations. B, that when you pray with apparent and revealed kavanah and revealed bittal, so then the blessing gets answered in a revealed way. And he continues on to explain the Chassidic Discourse. So based on this, we'll understand what it says in the Talmud, a very powerful Talmud. It says like this, teaching in the Talmud. When <coughs> Rebbe heard from Elijah the prophet that Rabbi and his children have, are, this, are on the same level of the Avot, Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. So what did Rebbe do? He heard, again, Rebbe heard from Elijah the prophet, the Rebbe and his sons, he, uh, Rebbe took Rebbe and his children, and he made him the Chazan. He put him to be in charge of the prayers. And when they said, that the wind should blow, all of a sudden, yes, the wind started to blow. When they said, rain should come down, it started to pour. And when they were ready to say, that the dead should be resurrected, the whole world trembled. That's what says in the Talmud. Jeff says, one second. Rebchir and his children, they prayed every single day. Nevertheless, and they said these prayers, the wind, um, the, the rain, people should be resurrected. Um, <coughs> They prayed every day, but nevertheless, it didn't create the effect until he put them in front of to leading the congregation. Why not? And he explains like this: that when he when Rebbe put them to be the leader of the congregation, to be the chazan, so to speak, and they were now representing the whole community, so they had another ingredient in their prayer. I'll say it in Hebrew. I'll translate. They had koyach hatzibur. They had the power of the community, and when when the community prays. Hashem loves that and accepts it. Even though there's things that are, are obstacles, it gets revealed, it comes out in a revealed way. That's the, that's the explanation he gets. Remember, this is one second. But this explanation is not enough. Because the fact is, even a communal prayer, and even when the, when the one leading the service is a great human being, he cannot affect in a revealed way a major change in the world. And especially to resurrect the dead, when you have things that are blocking it. So he explains in the Hasidic discourse that through the fact that Rebbe is the one that appointed them to be the shliach tzibur, to be the ones leading the service, so they were able through their prayer to break all the obstacles. So A, it was the fact they were representing the community shliach tzibur, and B, the fact they were appointed by Rebbe. In other words. Besides the fact <coughs> that when they prayed, so they awoken within the whole community, and basically they were able to take off any obstacles, and, and even people that weren't there and weren't awakened, 
that Rebchia and his children were able to, to, to totally inspire the people that weren't there. Why? Because since they were representing all the Jewish people, and they were even representing those that were not there as well. And all of a sudden you can exp- say the explanation is as follows. The fact that Rebbe is the one that put them as a Shliach Tibur and made them represent all the Jewish people, again, the ones that were there and the ones that were not there, so he affected on, on the, all the Jewish people. And even though they didn't know what was going on, that they should be part of the Chazan, and they were part of the minion of, of Rebchi and his children, and especially that they were, they were the ones leading the service, and therefore when the whole Jewish people were inspired and moved through prayer, so they affected in an internal way that everyone's prayers were real, and that's how they were able to break all the obstacles, and the wind came, and the rain came, and literally the earth started to shake. Now, just what we explained before, that drawing in the, 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 the light from above, above nature, which happens through prayer, and through that you actually change the physical world, not that the light itself comes down, in other words, that's prayer on its own. So when a person prays, you, you reach a very, very high place and you actually change the world. Now, but when you have, besides prayer, you add the component of Torah, so what happens is you have both, you have two qualities. In other you have the quality of prayer, which transforms the world, and the quality of Torah, which brings in the powerful light. In other words, that the source of the, the light is coming from Lamai Lamai Laden Kates, and it comes down to this lowest level. You have both components. In other words, the, 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 the change that takes a place in the world, which is through prayer, that the person gets healed, or person gets successful, etc., it's felt in a real, visible way. <clears throat> it's not only a change, <clears throat> but literally the godly light comes down into the world. You accomplish both, both things. So I said he liked to connect this what we said before in chapter 3 that the request is before you start praying you say Hashem Hashem open my mouth and which is representing the idea of, of, of Torah and my mouth should say your praise in other words which means you start from essay, what's what is the person asking that it should be in a way I'm praying but, it should, but when I'm praying even though I want to trans, coming from a place of acceptance and transform the world but it should be in a way that you have both components I want to have the component of Torah which is bringing godliness into the, into the world in other words you want to have the quality of prayer which is transforming the self the ego and that causes us to reach to the highest levels but also the power of Torah, which brings godliness down into the into this world, and when you have the unity of both components in prayer, the unity of Torah and 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 prayer. In other words, that even when I'm asking for something, it should be in a way of Tehillah Sech. It's your prayer. It means it should be the divine light of Torah coming to this world. So what happens is when you bring down the light through prayer, you'll end up having both both powerful components, and then you have. A physical change in the physical world, but not only is there a physical change in the world, but when the world when the when, the, when it gets changed, you actually feel the godly night, the godly light that's causing the change. And if you have regular prayers, you change the world, but you don't feel it's coming from God. But if you have changing the world, but you also have bringing in through Torah, you're actually going to feel that it's coming through God. So, based on the survey, says he'd like to explain the connection of a Yigash Elav Yehuda. That Yehuda confronts Yosef. 
to the uh, to 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 unifying the two different opinions of das alyoin, which means that that that. that uh, the higher level is real. The verse, the lower one is not is, is nothing. Over das tachten, this is real, and that's and, and that's not, not that's nothing. Why? Because these two component components of learning Torah, which we said brings in godliness into the world, and pray would transform the world, which we said is like just like das elyon Torah is das elyon and tefillos das tachtein. So besides the fact. That Torah comes, so to speak, Melmaita comes, you bring in godly night into the world. And Tfilah's Melmaita is you're transforming the world. Because as we know, Das Elyon is Melmaita Lamata, just like Torah. And Das Tachter is Melmaita Lamata, just like prayer. And it was this that Torah comes down into our, our in, human intellect. The way our human intellect is, the human intellect doesn't have to change, just bring in godly Torah into your brain. In other words, even though our intellect has no relation to Torah. Torah is infinite. But in order for our simple intellect to understand Torah, you don't have to become anyone different. Just learn Torah. The Torah comes into you. And it's actually, the, it's, the word of Hashem, it's the word of Hashem. In other words, the, the Torah that comes down, it's not, it doesn't have to transform us. and doesn't have to be according to how our measure. Torah is, is powerful. It's magical. Godly light comes into you. Why is that? Because Torah is infinite. So therefore, since Torah is infinite, it comes all over. So what does that mean? When you drew, when you learn Torah, you're drawing in <coughs> into the lowest levels. The idea of das elyon <coughs> that God is real and we're nothing, but Torah has the power to draw that in. Now, but this idea of a prayer comes through our physical world, our physical work, work, work like lamasia dechatikseiv, and. The goal of prayer is to transform us. So, in other words, obviously, therefore, 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 we are something which the void of das tachtein that we're something, and based on Yehuda's request, where he starts off saying, "Be adoni, please, a master," which is similar to before the prayer, you bringing in Torah, Hashem sasei tiftach. In other words, that the prayer should be in a way that we should actually realize that it's a prayer from Hashem, and therefore the, what comes in through prayer is to transform the world, but when it, when it transforms the world, we should realize the way it's coming from the highest level, which basically is the unification of both levels. So based on what we explained before, that prayer is higher than Torah. Why? Because... <clears throat> Torah, we said, it's very, very high, but it goes down to the lowest places. On, on the other hand, prayer reaches the highest places. However, there is a quality that Torah has over prayer that Torah, you bring in godliness. So each one has, Torah and Tfilah is two different components. Prayer reaches, through prayer, you, tra- you reach the highest places and comes down and changes the world. And Torah, on the other hand, brings down godliness into this world. So you can say that when prayer takes place, that you also have the quality of learning Torah. So then what happens is prayer actually becomes higher than Torah. And the same thing also from the from, from the from the from the from the from the view of the view of above and the view of below. In other words, when the when the view the, when, the, when the view of above is in a way that what gets revealed is the idea of Dasalyon, so then it actually it, it reaches a much higher place. And the same thing also when it comes to the, the idea of Zah, the six Midois and Malchus. 
which is basically Das Elyon, which is Zah, and Malchus, which is Dachtain, that when when Malchus reaches a level of Zah, then they're both equal, that will create the, the in, 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 in introduction to, to the revelation that ultimately the source of Malchus is actually higher than the source of Zah. And therefore, when you unify both two different approaches of Vayiga Shail of Yehuda, so in other words, on one hand you have the approach of Ayiga Shail of Yehuda, which basically means that Yosef is higher. But on the other hand you have the approach that really Yehuda is much higher because it's bringing a higher level. But when you unify both, that <clears throat> so then you have in a concealed way even the component that Malchus gets elevated, like it's going to be like when future Mashiach comes. That Malchus is actually going to be higher than Zah, like the, like the verse says, "Ashes Chayil Ateres Baila," that the the wife becomes the crown of her husband. So again, so here you have a very very powerful, deep Hasidic discourse of the Rebbe. Many many powerful ideas, but ultimately what you see over here is that prayer is very very powerful. Prayer has the power to change things, and any prayer works. You pray by yourself, it works. And but in order to be revealed, in order for the prayer it shouldn't be in a concealed state. So either you have to do tshuva, which is a very very powerful component, or you have to have the real intent of kavana and and, and bittel, which will will create it, um, or or, or um, uh, which, will, which will create it. But ultimately, prayer together with Torah has both components. You know, as prayer transforms the world. But Torah brings in the godly light, and that's basically by Yigashel of Yehuda. In other words, on one hand. There's a power where prayer, where, where, where prayer is much more powerful to transform the world. But on the other hand, Torah brings in the godliness. In Vayiga Shalem Yehuda, the goal is that you have both components. That on one hand, you have the power of prayer that shows that prayer is much higher. And then, uh, and then you have the power of what? Of Torah, which is much higher. But the ultimate goal is that really, they really all, they all reach us to the ultimate place. When Mashiach comes, we're going to see that the truth is that the Malchus, the Bittel, takes us to the highest level. So let's hope and pray, like Durba says, we'll all merit to Mashiach to come, and we'll see um, this perspective from a whole deeper level, and God's willing, our next class will be in Yerushalayim, Yerakoidish. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.